Okay, so we're holding on the top of Haftalat Amad Aleph, in the middle of the first line. We're discussing now where you could put your tefillin, right? And we're saying that a person could put a tefillin by the bed, higher than three tefachim, lower than three tefachim. It was all the previous discussion. So now, ask the Gemara, where did you put, right? Who are we talking about now? We're talking about... Shmuel, where did Shmuel put his tefillin? Amr of Yirmiya bin Kesses, bin Kala Kesses, between the pillow, between the pillow and the mat, between the pillow and the mattress, Shalikeneged Reshay, that wasn't underneath his head. Yeah, that's where he placed them. I v'hatani Rebchia, Rebchia taught Nabraisa Menichin B'Kliva Taches Mirishesav, that you're supposed to put it on the Kliva. In the bag of the tefillin underneath his head. So how could you say that it wasn't under his head? So the Gemara answers, it was under his head, but the mampikle morsha, the kliva labar, that the morsha, the part protruding from the bag, right, you know, if you have tefillin in a bag, part of it protrudes. So the, the protruding part went out from underneath his head, but the bag, the rest of the bag was underneath his head. And that's how you can fulfill the din of the b'raisa along with what Shmuel did. You have a bag of tefillin, yeah? Part of the bag is flatter, and part of the bag pops out, right? The part that pops out, you had out from underneath your pillow, and the part that's flatter, you have underneath your pillow. Bar kaparo, yeah, bar kaparo tzirluhu bekilsa, he wrapped it in his bed curtain, they had apparently curtains that were hanging on top of their beds, yeah? Umapik bar, but the point of the tefillin that would pop out, that would extrude, that would protrude from the curtain. Rav Shisha of Idi, Rav Shisha, the son of Rav Idi, Ashashifa, he put it on a bench, Ashashifa is a bench, and he spread out, right? he spread out a sudra, a garment, a sheet, on top of them. Amr of Hamnuna, brother of Yosef, Rav Hamnuna said, Rav Hamnuna, the son of Rav Yosef said, Zimna Chada, there was one time, Havi Ke'imna Kamidirava, I was standing, Ke'imna is standing in front, Kama, in front of, Kama, in front of Rav Rava, Va'amrli, and Rava said to me, Zil Aisili Tfilin, go bring me my Tfilin. Ve'eshkachino, and I, Rav Hamnuna, brother of Yosef, found them, Bein Kaila Kesses, between his head and his, between his mattress, his pillow and his mattress, but not directly under his head, and I knew, right, that it was a day of tefillah, meaning to say that his wife went to the mikvah. And in order to teach me the halacha, that's why he told me to go get them. And he was telling me that I could keep them, even though there was going to be Bamaka Meherva, Nonetheless, you can keep them between Karla Kesas because it's more of a Shmira. Now that's the Gemara up until now. Now the Gemara at this point is going to start discussing the din of Kriyashma B'makam Erva. Erva means there was a part of the body that was being exposed. And the Gemara is going to discuss what different parts of the body uh, constitute an Erva and what part of them, you know, don't constitute an erva? Is it an erva mamish? Is it just something that is precautionary? Which of them are preventative for the fulfillment of the mitzvah of Kriyashma? Which ones are not? 
else we're going to talk about both of them yeah and therefore we, we don't have the ability to talk about halacha lamaisa right now halacha lamaisa is a different suya how these things develop and different shitas and rayas and I'm saying you could give a lot of shirim about this and a practical shirim but in regards to here we're just going to see the basic understanding of the Gemara and obviously if there are questions we can ask questions but in the, within the context of the Daphne Yemi yeah <laughs> so by me Rav Yosef Raider of Nechunya Rav Yosef the son of Rav Nechunya asked me Rav Yehuda from Rav Yehuda there's two people who are sleeping together in the same bed now the assumption is that they used to sleep in the nude, in the nude, without clothing on, and therefore they want to know that if two people are sleeping in the same bed, and they're undressed, are they? What's the din of right? I assume it's a husband and a wife. Now what's the din? Are they allowed to turn their faces away from each other? Therefore they're not looking at each other. Right? And this one also turns their head. They both are not looking at each other. Now, one second, they had blankets, yeah, for sure. Now, the din is. Mark, do you mind closing that window? The din is that the source that you can't say Krishma in front of an ervas from You can't see an ervas You can't see something which is uncovered. Now, that being said, the Gemara is going to discuss what happens if. You're in a state of nudity. If there's something in front of you, the Rishonim discuss what happens if you turn your body, you turn your head. These are all different, wonderful discussions. But the idea here is that it's, you're not something which is seeable. Lo Or as opposed to, let's say, if we're talking about a bad smell or feces, it's yemechanecha kodesh, your area. So there's something about your vicinity. Here it's not your vicinity. It's what you see. Right? And there's obviously lots of practical differences between the two. But here the concept is, if you can't see, you turned your face, so is that okay to say Krishma, even though both of the people in bed are nude? So, right, so this is what Shmuel said, Even if his wife is lying with him, nonetheless you're allowed to, if you both turn, you're allowed to go ahead and say Krishma. Feel the Lashon of like... This is a big discussion here in the Rishonim. What's this mean? Isha Cheres is better, yeah. or maybe I feel Ishto Imay is that if it's maybe even more of a chumra, we would have thought Ishto maybe is pashat and was only asked about yeah. someone else. And Ishto is more of a chiddush, like Rashi learns. Rashi learns here that Ishto is more of a chiddush, yeah. because you might think that then a different person, because you might think that when it comes to Ishto, you're already ruggleba. And you're not going to have any kind of inappropriate thoughts. Right? And the answer is no. If you look at Ishtal, it's still going to be. So the assumption yeah. that it's not a point that they were before. The Gemara didn't say who it was. The Gemara is saying even your Ishtal now. That, that, that didn't apply even to Ishtal. For sure, it's going to be an issue with someone else, even Ishtal. So now like this. Does that mean you say, Yafilu Yishto Imo is an Isra? Here the Gemara is just asking, the Gemara is to Shaila before, we're saying Yafilu Yishto Imo is a problem. So I'm asking for the Rav Yosef. Yishto 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 So Rav Yosef says, it means your wife is a problem, and Yishto 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 Obviously someone else is going to be a problem. We don't need to say. We don't need to say someone else. The Gemara responds, no, Adarabah. 
Yishtoi kagufei, acher lav kagufei. Right? And that it's not, it's not a lemibai. That here is more of a kilo yishtoi kagufei, we would think you're ugly in her, it's not a problem, but someone else is maybe more of a problem. Misvei, challenge. Shneim sheishini v'mita achas. There's two people sleeping in one bed. One person turns their face and says, Right? And this one turns their face and reads. Someone else taught. Someone sleeping in their bed. His kids and his B'nai Beisel. B'nai Beisel, it's a discussion in the Rishayin and what B'nai Beisel means. For our intents and purposes, we'll say it's his wife. So his kids and his wife are sleeping in bed with him. He can't read Kriyashma. There is some kind of a talis, a sheet, that's between them. Meaning to say, the whole family is lying in the bed in the nude. That's how they used to sleep together. I understand this is not normal to practice nowadays. And the question is, can you read Kriyashma? And the Gemara says there that there has to be a talis, which is mafsik, which stands in contradiction with the previous din if the assumption is that there are circumstances where how could that be? Seemingly you would need a sheet to be separating. So what if the sheets add the wife? It's just part of the brisa. It's part of the brisa, yeah. But if they were little, even if there wasn't a sheet that was separating, then it would be mutter. So now, there's a question, what's it mean that if there was a sheet that it would be mutter? Right, who's this going like? So Gemara says, Bishlam of Yosef, I could understand if it said according to Yosef, because what was of Yosef? Right? What was of Yosef? It was Ishtai Belemibay Acher. Right? So here it's like Kasha, it's not difficult. When do, you, when do we say it's a problem? Habe Ishtai, then you have to be, Machsepanov doesn't work. Habe Acher works, and who's that Acher? The kids. That even Ishto is a problem, Kasha, then it's difficult. How do we go ahead and explain this Braisa? So I'm like, saying Ishto is worse than an Acher? Correct. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Acher is his kids. Yeah, exactly. The first part of the Acher is the kids. Fine. Then when they add the kids, that's when it's Ishto, let me buy Acher. Ishto is but let me buy Acher. We don't need someone else. Other people are also Acher. The reason they said Ishto is because they think it's like himself. That was the second. The din is that even by Ishta you have to turn away to say Krishna, and according to Rav Yosef, by Ishta you don't have to turn away because Ishta kagufo, but everyone else you have to turn away. They all agree. Correct. They agree that everyone else is always also you have to turn away. Correct. So the Gemara says regarding this brayza, Bishlam and Rav Yosef, we understand according to Rav Yosef, like Kasha, it's not difficult why you need a talis to be mafsik. Why? Because Habe Ishta, when you don't need a talis, that's but and therefore it's ishto kagufei. Yeah. But haba acher. But when it comes to an acher, so navadi you need a talis, and that's with the kids. Shmuel, but according to Shmuel, that says bein kach, you need a, a you can't you have to be maxed upon. There's no heter by ishto. 
And Kasha, it's difficult. How come here you need a talus? So Amalekhar Shmuel, so Shmuel says as follows. Why is Rabbi Yosef any better than me? You're sleeping in bed. And his kids and his Bnei Bayas were in the bed. You can't read Kriyashma. The talus was separating between them. So then how could, how does, how does Rabbi Yosef deal with this? Here it's also clear that you need a talus. That according to Rav Yosef, it's a tnai, that Ishtay also needs a, there's an opinion that Ishtay also needs a talus even according to Rav Yosef. So even though he might not hold like that, he is aware there's a, a tnaic opinion. So says the Gemara, so the didinami tnaihu. So according to me also, it's a machlikas tnaiim. Therefore, even if we find a circumstance which is contrary to my opinion, Nonetheless, it doesn't disprove my stance. I'll get, I'll get a kasha for each one. It doesn't say he's with his Ishtar. I'm a Mar. Mar says as follows. Zemach Kriyashma. Right? It says he turns his face on a Kriyashma. Va'ika agavus. How can that, how does that help? There's still the person's rear end. Right? And the assumption is that if the other person's, even it could be that if the front of the body, the, the main organs aren't for, for uh, pointing in a direction, but the rear end is pointing in a direction. So it seems from here, it seems like the Rinash body is addressing this, that if some, it seems like if it's pointing in a direction, that's still called seeing. It, it has to be, not feeling seeing, it has to be, if it's in your direction, if it's aimed in your direction, it's something which is exposed to the direction that you're in, the kilo, that's also an issue. Yeah. So again, again, again. Maybe. It says Machsepanov. So who's right? Who's being Machsepanov? The person is reading Kriyashma. He's Machsepanov. So then there's no one in front of him, right? But we could say Machsepanov is the other person. Listen. The the emphasis that Rashi learns the sugya is not just a form of seeing, but it's also negia. That the negia is going to end up leading to a hearer. Right? So here, if we say that they both turn, and there's an agiyah from, from the buttocks, so then that's also going to still be an issue. Right? So here, maybe that's maybe where Rashi is coming from. I don't know. That's a, Rashi, the land of the Vishnu, bring this concept of negiyah in also. So he says, Misaili the Ravuna, this is a support to Ravuna, Dam Ravuna. Right? That what? It's a support to Ravuna that holds that a gavas in behen mishum erva. He says, the rear end doesn't have. Is not an, is not considered an erva. Seeing someone's rear end is not considered an erva. It's still considered a makam which is usually covered, but it's not considered an erva the same way that the genitalia are. So they may say that Ravuna. So maybe we could bring a support here from Ravuna from a Mishnah. Shevis, a lady sits. The aruma, right, and she can separate her chala in the nude. Because she can separate, she can cover, I'm sorry, the, her organ, her female organ with the ground. But the man's unable to, and therefore he's unable to. He's not able to separate chala. Now, separating chala doesn't necessitate any kind of dvarm shivikadusha. So the issue here is the bracha. That since you have to make a bracha when you're separating chala, the lady can cover her erva, her makam erva, 
while she sits, but the man can cover his makam erva when he, the way how he's sitting, and therefore, since his erva is still exposed, he's not able to separate chala. Aye, but what happened to the the rear end? So the answer is that it must be that it's not an erva. So Tigur of Nachman, Nachman says no, it's not a proof. Why? Because Nachman bar Yitzchak says kigin sheipenu tuches bekarka. No, it meant that she was put herself in a position that her whole body was put into the ground, and that's why she was able to kilo that she was set in a way that both her front and her back were covered while she was sitting, and therefore that's why she's able to make a bracha. If she wasn't able to sit in that fashion, then it would be also because the agavos are also considered like an erva. That's the Gemara's conclusion. Now, Amemar, Mara says as follows. The caveat, we said before that when you have to be machzir upon of, even for bond of so, or maybe even separate with a talis, depending on right, who you are, that was all if they were gdoilim, but ktanim is mutter. Yes, the Gemara of Adkama. So, what's the ages are we talking about here? Where that's relevant? That was the second brisa. Right now, we're talking about the kids, the kids that were, right, the kids that were also in the house. Bonav that were they were in there. So, what age is is it considered like it's mutter? So, you don't have to be machzir if the girl is three years younger than three years on one day. Or the boy is less than nine years in one day. According to Chazal, at that point, that's when halachically any action is considered like it was bia. Before that, even we're not saying that this is normal to have bia. Then we're not saying that it ever happened. We're saying that if such an incident happened, that would be defined halachically as an act of intimacy. Correct. Why? Why Okay, that's the way they said a full three, a full three, or a full nine. So, Ikida Amri, and those who say you disagree, right, it's a, the girl is 11 years in one day, and a boy is 12 years in one day. And Idi Idi, and both of them are coming from the same source, whether it's three years and nine years, or 11 years and 12 years, both of them are from the same source, that the Pasuk says that her breasts were formed and that her hair sprouted, right? It's a Pasuk and Shirim. It has to be that either on a halachic level, they're considered, they're considered like there's a degree that if an action happened, it's still considered like an, if an act happened, or if people start thinking of them in that sense. And that would be the later date. What does mean? Until. Until they reached. They had to reach the the, the stage of Shadaim Nachun of Asarich Tzamach. And it's Machlekes how to define that. Okay. Correct. But it's not, like a, it's not like a functional word here. It's just going straight into the. Into the it's pasuk. going, yeah, until you have the fulfillment of the Pasuk. Once you have the fulfillment of the Pasuk, that's when it becomes like they're considered Gedilim already that you'd have to have a Hefsik in the meat, in the bed. You have to have some kind of a sheet. Amalei Rav Kahanda Rav Ashi. So Kahanda said to Rav Ashi, Hosam Amar Rava. Over there Rava said, Afal Gav de Tiyuf to the Shmuel. Even though we brought a challenge to Shmuel, Hilchas HaKavasa to Shmuel. The Halacha is still like Shmuel. So Halchamai. So over here though, what's the Din? Right there in regarding Tefillin, we said the Din's like Shmuel. But over here, when it comes to 
Erva, how do we go? We go like Shmuel, we go like Rav Yosef. What, we have to put them on the same machta? We have to put them on the same frying pan? What's the relevance of the previous halacha or this halacha? Each one's separate. Whoever the, the halacha was expressed to be like Shmuel, that's the halacha like Shmuel. But whoever it wasn't expressed, so who said it's like him? Amalei Mar, Amalei, I'm sorry, Amalei, Rav Mari, the Rav Papa, Rav Mari said to Rav Papa, Nushayla, Seyar Yitzi Bebigdo Mahu, what if there's pubic hair that comes out of his clothes? Is there, is that considered an erva, even though the erva itself doesn't come out, if the pubic hair comes out, is that considered an erva to be prevented if we're saying Kriyashma? The Gemara responds, Koreleya Seyo Seyar, they called him Seyar Seyar, meaning to say like, what are you doing? What are you asking weird questions for that never happened? So here's a Gemara that you can't don't ask many things. That doesn't happen. So don't worry about it. That's good for the point. Is Davka not doing that? What's Rashi? Rashi saying that Seir Seir here here What's what's the practical application of what you're asking? What are you doing? So Rav Yitzchok says as follows: Tefach biisha erva. A tefach, anytime there's a tefach in an isha being exposed, that's considered an erva. Now, again, so if it's the if it's the erva itself, if it's the erva itself, then even any any amount is considered an erva. So this is talking about any part which is normatively covered. If there is exposed a tefach of that, then also is considered an erva to be a problem saying Krishna. Again, so the Gemara is going to discuss it right now. So the Gemara says like this, Demai, whatever is normally covered. We're saying, what? The Gemara says Demai. You're saying nowadays people don't, whatever. We say, we'll see. The Gemara discusses some of it. Demai, so what's the, what deal? If you're saying that it's considered an erva, that you're not able to look at it, right? That's the reason why it's considered an erva in that regard. What's this the to look at. When the Torah enumerates different types of jewelry, it couples together external jewelry, earrings, necklaces, bracelets, with internal jewelry, like uh, some kind of like a girdle or something, which is not something to expose to the public. I don't know why it does. I don't think it specifically has to be a piercing. What's like a type of jewelry that? Right, I think a girdle. I think is a good example. A girdle is some kind of like a belt that they would wear under the garments. Okay. Yeah. So why do they count them together? to teach you The same way, if you're looking at a finger, right, to see the ring on it. If you're looking at that, is looking is a tantamount to looking at a place of erva itself. So Avada, you don't have to look at a tefach. A tefach is not the barometer here for hastaklas. Ela be'ishta, rather tefach is referring to his wife, ula kriyashma. And to tell you that if your wife is exposing herself with an area which is normatively covered more than a tefach, that's a problem for kriyashma. Yeah, there's a discussion in the Peskim now, whatever it is less than, if it's not your wife, maybe even less than a tefach is a problem. So say, it's talking about his wife and regarding Krishna. 
Meaning that that's the the isha betefach, tefach isha erava. Which isha and regarding what? His wife and regarding Krishna. So that's where they're coming from. Then maybe someone else's wife or someone that is stam a is even worse. Like even even pachas mitefach could be a problem. That goes back to Rabbi Yosef and Shmuel, right? So now Amir of Chizda, Chizda says as follows: Sheik be isha erva. The sheik, which means the leg of an isha, is an erva. Is it considered a a part which is an erva? It doesn't mean an erva the same way the makamatorif is. It means a part which is normally covered. Shneema, like it says, gali sheik abrina harus. A person reveals their sheik when they pass rivers. So you have to reveal something in order to pass through. That you revealed your erva and it will see their embarrassment. So here is a big discussion what that means. What's the, what is the sheikh? It's above the knee, it's below the knee, it's a big discussion. Yeah, again, it's not for now, but uh, there's a bit, I'm saying there's proofs back and forth. Amar Shmuel, Kul Isha Erva, a voice of a lady is an erva, Shnamar Kikolich Orev, Almarich Nave. Right, your voice is sweet and your appearance is enjoyable. Amar of Sheishas, Rashisha says, Seir be isha erva, the hair of a lady is an erva. Shane amar sa erech ke eden haizim, that your hair is like a flock of goats. Yeah, this is also Kalisha for. Correct, this is Kalisha, covering your hair. Covering your hair could have a different source also, as Goran Saita. But uh, this is one of the sources, yes. Amr al Khanina, the Khanina says as follows, Ani Riisi is Rebbe, I saw Rebbe, Shatola Tfilin, Tfilov, I'm sorry, that hungest Tfilin. Go back to the din of Tfilin, he hungest Tfilin. Maysway, how could you hang them or challenge that? A tulit tfila, if a person who hangs his tfilin will hang his life, meaning to say he's putting himself in danger, a spiritual danger, it's not good. What do you mean by hanging his tfilin? Huh? Like he hung the bag up? So we're going to discuss that now. What's it mean? The way it sounds like, it sounds like he hung it from the strap and the tfilin were dangling. That seems to be the basic understanding. So the Gemara says, how could that be? Hang your tfilin, you're tfilin, or hang your, hang your life. So Dorshei Chamoros Amrus, the people expounded on severe matters, said as follows, that your life is going to be hanging in front of you. This is a person who's hanging tefillin, so it's Mamash HaSakana to hang a tefillin. So how did Rebbe, how did, uh, Rebbe do that? So the says, Lekasha Habaritzua Habaktitza. Depends. Habaritzua, then you're talking endangering yourself. But Habaktitza, if you do it from the hard part, and from the hard part you place it, so the straps are hanging down, then it's permissible. And that's what Rebbe said, so then the Rebbe just put the box and the straps are hanging down. He didn't hang the box from the straps. Or you could say, Really, it doesn't make a difference. If you're hanging it from the straps, you're hanging from the box, it's a problem. But when Rebbe hung it, he hung it in a bag. And anyway, he had the bag of tefillin, and the bag he hung, and the tefillin were in the pouch. Yes, the Gemara saying, if you hung it in the bag, what's the Chiddush? Obviously, it's Motor. So one says, "Mel detema." What may thought? Tiboy hanocha kesefer Torah. I think I might have thought I had to place it down, and that it couldn't hang whatsoever. The same way I can't hang a sefer Torah, even if it's in a bag, I have to place it on on a bima. I have to place it on a table. So too with tefillin. Kamash malan that you're able to hang it in a bag. Yeah. Amir Reb Chanina. Reb Chanina said as follows: Ani reisi es Rebbe. I saw Rebbe shegihek upihek v'netashish v'rok. That gihek, I think, is to sneeze. Upihek is he burped. When he satesh, is he flatulated. Verok is he spit. Umeshamesh be big day. Umeshamesh be big day, I'm sorry. Or you would take a 
uh, allows out of his garment of a lohe misatif, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't what? He wouldn't ramp himself up. This, he would do this all in the middle of his davening. But if his talus fell off him in the middle of davening, he wouldn't pick it up and wrap it back on him, because that would be a hefsik. I'm sorry, but when he would sneeze, he would cover, he would put his hand on his mouth, on his chin, and to say he would cover, he would cover his mouth so he wouldn't see. I thought we said he can't, um... The Gemara's going to ask. The Gemara challenges. Let's go, let's see what the Gemara says, yeah? A person who makes a sound, he, he davens loudly while he's davening. He's from a, the low of faith. He doesn't have so much faith because he thinks he has to scream for Hashem to hear him. What? What? Nothing. 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 A person who raises his voice in tefillah, he's going to be a shaker. Right? Then he's like a, a false prophet. Yeah? Megahik. Megahik. But if a person who sneezes or he burps, Harizim Megasi Aruach, then he's a, a haughty individual. Hamisatish Bitvilas, and a person who flatulates, Simon Rally, right? It's a bad, it's a bad sign for him. It's even recognizable that he's despised by Hashem. Harak betfilasa, a person who spits in prayers, ki'ilu rot bifnei hamelech, as if he spat in front of the king. So bishlam emegahik emefahik, right? I understand why Rebbe was able to be megahik emefahik in the middle of tefillah, right? Even though the Brisa says it's a problem that he's like a, he's like what? He's like he's a haughty person. Why would he do that? Like, Kashi, Khan the Ainsa, Khan the Ritsene. If it's an Ainis, then it's not a Gaiva. He couldn't help it. But if it was Ritsene, then it's a Gaiva. Then it's Asr. And the Masatish, a Masatish Kasha, but maybe flatulated. How could he flatulate? That is uh, seemingly always against an Ainis. So the Gemara says, Masatish, Masatish, Namali Kasha. A flatulation is not a difficulty. Khan the Mala, Khan Milamata. There's two different types of flatulation. The flatulation in the mala is where he burped. And that's not a problem. But the mata, that's where he, he mama flatulated, then that's a problem. The amir of zero. Huh? You're a sender. Don't know what to tell you. Can't be the mala, can't be the mata. Yeah? That's the way the Gemara is saying that. It didn't really mean that. When the Gemara says... That he was misante, she didn't really mean he flatulated, there's so many burped. Yeah, I understand. I see what's bothering you. I don't. Uh, I can just read the words. I don't know. Damir of Zira Hamilse Ivloi. Yeah, Damir of Zira Hamilse Ivloi Li Beirevim Nuna. Right. This I acquired from the house of the base midrash of Huna, but Kili Li Kuli Talmudai. And it was worth for my entire Talmud, Amisatish Pitfilasis Aminyophilai, that a person who is Misatish in his prayers, it's actually a good sign for him. That what? The same way that he has a pleasure in this world, you know, to say that the guest left him, right? So too, it's Nachasurach above. Right? Then obviously he's talking about when he just burped. But but if he's spitting, that's a difficulty. So the Gemara, spinning is also not a difficulty, right? 
Maybe Rebbe was tent, like considered like Rebbe Yehuda, the Amir Rebbe Yehuda, because Rebbe Yehuda said, If he was standing in prayers in his dam and the and he was, a spit came into his mouth, he should put it into his garment. But if it's a nice garment, he doesn't want to spit into it, then he should put it into his head covering, right? Spit into his head covering. They used to wear a turban. On the side of the turban, there were shafts coming down. So the spit, he shouldn't spit out into the floor, he should put it into the turban. Ravina was behind Ravashi, and he got saliva, and he spat behind him. Don't you hold like this dinner of Yehuda, that what? That you should put it into the sudder, and you shouldn't spit onto the ground? So he says... He said, no, it'll bother my davening. And since the bother is davening, then he's allowed to spit behind him. He doesn't have to put it into the garment. And therefore, Rebbe also, maybe there's a need to tell you, and that's why he spat, because he didn't want to put it into his garment, either because it was a nice talus, or because he didn't want to, it was bothering him if it was on a siddur. A person who davens loudly in his tefillets is of little faith. This is only taught when he's able to have attention, when he's davening quietly. But if he can't have intent when he's davening quietly, then he can daven loudly. But that's only when he's davening by himself. But if he's davening with the tibor, then he's going to bother everyone else around him, and the it's still also to do it. The mitzvah is bother like tirda, sibur of the community. The assumption this is also in the mitzvah. I assume so. I assume this is all in the mitzvah. Correct. The Abba used to was hiding from Rabbi Yehuda. The Kavi boy the mesek laard Yisrael because Rav. Rava, Rabbi Abba, I'm sorry, he wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael. And I'm Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yehuda said, If you leave Babel to go to Eretz Yisrael, everybody say. It's an Isra say to go to Eretz Yisrael from Babel. So Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Abba wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael, so he avoided Rabbi Yehuda, so he could uh, sneak in. Shneemar, because it says in the Pasuk, Babel Yavu, it says you should go to Babel, or come to Babel, and you should be there in Babel until the day where I come to redeem you. Said the words Hashem. That was your meow. They were redeemed. They were brought back at times of Kippur. They were brought back in Ezra. How could you use this quote? Does that say you can't leave Chutz Laaretz to go to Kippur Arts? I'm not. It's a not crazy statement. I'm not sure the timeline here. I'm not sure your history. They there. I'm reading a Gemara. Yeah. Crazy statement. He said, let me go, I'm going to stand outside the base midrash, and I'll hear what he's saying, even if I'm not going to learn from him, I'm going to avoid the Rabbi Yehuda in the meantime, but I still want to hear what he's teaching. And then I'll go out. He found him and he was teaching. It's in front of Rabbi Yehuda. A person is standing in their prayers in the satish, and he burped. I'm sorry, flatulated. He should wait until the smell goes. And then he should return to his prayers. Some say differently. He was standing in his prayers, and he had to flatulate. You should move backwards for Amos. Flatulate. 
then wait till the smell goes away. Then go back to four amos to where he was, and pray. And he says in his prayers, since he was already mafsik to wait, he can continue to be mafsik. And he says, right, the master of the world, he created us with different holes, with different pipes. What's revealed to you our embarrassment, and our our embarrassment, in our lives, and the end of our lives is worms and uh, worms and maggots. Yeah, meaning to say that I'm sorry that I had to do this in the middle of prayers. It's embarrassing. And then he continues from the place where he stopped. So he said, right, this is all again, the Baba was hiding in the back of the base, if I only came just to hear this one statement, this one teaching, that would have sufficed. It's such a gavaldika teaching. Yeah. It would have sufficed. It would have been enough. Tanur Abanan, sages taught, sleeping in his talus, and he couldn't take his hand out because of the cold. He should take, he should make a distinction on his neck with the talus and read Krishma. That way, he won't be exposed to the erva. And some people say that he should not be chitzitz with the talus. Chitzitz with the talus means he should put it taut onto his body. You don't do that by your neck, you do it by your heart. And then you say Krishma. He's under his blankets, he's in the nude. He doesn't want to come out. He doesn't want to put his head out because it's cold out and he wants to cover himself. But he has an issue that he's nude. So what he does is he tights, he takes the garment either by his neck and puts it taut, or by his heart and he puts it taut, and that's going to allow him to say Krishna. Why not? Like, Don't know. Would that imply that the dimensions of era for a man are different for a woman? If he can put it by his heart. I don't know. I don't know if uh, a lady's chest is considered mamish and makam erva the same way that her f- female organ is considered an erva. No, but it's anyway, if in the chamber you can put the talus here and say kushma. It's on top of you. You're just putting it. You're pulling it taut while it's on top of you no, in I a understand. certain area. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Vitana kame ari libereyase erva. Yeah, I. But it says, if that's true, that you could put it on your neck, then it's Liberus Erva. So even if his erva is not exposed because there's the baggage that's taught on it, his heart sees the erva, and that's Misal already also. So the Gemara, Kasamra Liberus Erva Mutter. It must be that Liberus Erva is Mutter. It's going according to that opinion. And therefore, it's not a problem. Amr of Huna, Rav Huna said, Amr of Yechanan, in the name of Yechanan, I am Mahalik Mavoy Samutinophis. He was walking in dirty areas. Maniach yadol pivu kuri krishma. He could put his mouth on his his hand on his mouth and read krishma. Amrli Rav Chista Elokim. He says, How could it be? Im Amrli Rav Yechonim Lepume. If Rav Yechonim himself told me this din, leitzaisinale, I would have listened to him. Yikra Amri and those who said, Amr Rabba Babarchana. Rabba Babarchana said, Amr Rav Yeshu Benavi. The name of Yeshu Benavi. Haymalik mefoyes mutin office. If you're going in dirty areas, we are not allowed. Right? There's things which will be prevented for you saying krishma. So many little peep just put your hand on your mouth, the Kirk Krishma, and you can read Krishma. And the Khisa said, Could it be? If Rabbi Yeshub and Levi himself told me this, 
It's forbidden for a Tamil Chacham to walk in a dirty place because it's impossible for him to stand in that here Torah. The Kasha, it's not difficult. It depends. If you're walking, it's really awesome. If you're on the move, then it would be permissible. So it must be he's talking about a place where he was walking and you're covering his mouth, and there it would be permissible, even though it was Ramakamati Nefes. We'll pick up from here tomorrow, Mitzvah